0: Hello, and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics, life and culture. My name is Freddie Gray. I'm the deputy editor of The Spectator. I am delighted to be joined again uh, on this podcast by Liz Harrington, who is a spokesperson for President Donald J. Trump. And we're going to be asking if Donald J. Trump will be the man in the White House come January 2025. Liz, the reason I want to ask you this question is because there was a poll out that got quite a lot of attention that showed that would beat Joe Biden by six points and Kamala Harris by 11 points in a presidential matchup in 2024. Did that poll surprise you? Uh, I imagine not.
1: No, Freddie. Thanks for having me. It's not surprising at all. I think clearly the state of the country and really what happened last time. I mean, you know how we feel about the 2020 election, how rigged it was. I don't think it was close last time and certainly wouldn't be close at a hypothetical matchup next time. Um, But we've all seen Joe Biden. I don't think anyone really thinks he's running again. Um, He doesn't know where he is half the time. But to that poll you mentioned, these are all uh, standard left wing polls. I mean, that's just the way our polling is in this country. And for the margin to be that wide, which it never was during the 2020 election, the, it wasn't during the 2016 election, that really shows you that they're really struggling in politics right now. And why wouldn't they be? Because the state of the country and the state of the world it is a very perilous right now. And it's because of what this administration is doing, the decisions they've made uh, the opening of our border, the wrecking of our economy, our energy independence, uh, are standing in the world with Afghanistan and now with Russia and Ukraine. So yeah, obviously, the American people are hurting, and they don't like what they're getting right now, and they want to change.
0: Well, is your information, are you picking up that the the biggest pain point for American voters at the moment is inflation? And do voters think about the Trump economy, because it was a relatively boom time for America, you could argue, And I think I probably would that Trump's economics did feed into the inflationary cycle we're in now. But do voters in their minds associate Trump with the good times and now Biden with the bad times economically?
1: Yes, absolutely. Because, I mean, just look at the pain at the pump. I mean, every time you go to fill up uh, your car, it's, I mean, astronomically higher. And it was way higher before even the conflict with Russia. And there's no reason it should be. I mean, we know we were energy independent for the first time. Uh, that was a choice. That was a choice that President Trump made to make us energy independent. And it was relatively easy to do because we have the resources. We're, we should be an affluent country. And yet, in, in a heartbeat, they know Joe Biden cut off the Keystone Pipeline on day one. And that decision with so many others really set us down this path that hurts Americans. So yes, I think that's really the number one issue. That Gas prices has really led into inflation from the beginning of this administration. And inflation, other aspects as well, drive into that. But people feel it when they go to the grocery store. The prices of meat are so much higher than they were. And I think obviously they do associate a booming economy with President Trump. And before the pandemic in 2019, it was the best year we had had in a very long time. And people were feeling good. We were actually having an increase in wages. And now every increase in wages is offset by inflation. You can't keep up with the rising cost of living. And it's really affecting the middle class, the working class. Uh, There was just a study out that this year alone, the average uh, American household will have to pay $5,600 more this year just in inflation. I mean, that's real cost. And it, it I think it is one of the biggest driving factors, and people know the difference. I mean, they remember that things were good, things were normal, if you will. I mean, outside from the hysteria, the fake news coverage, and the bubble of Washington, people were living their lives under President Trump's first term. They were doing better, and things were going really well. And now, on every metric, you know, there's turmoil, there's chaos, Uh, there's pain. And uh, unfortunately, I think it's just going to get worse because they have not shown any willingness to uh, correct anything. If they wanted, they could follow President Trump's policies on the border. They could make it secure. again. They don't want to. Uh, They've made the choice. They're with a very far left globalist agenda, and it's really hurting American families.
0: It's often said that... um... Biden was elected because a lot of voters didn't think he was going to be what Team Trump, what people like you were saying he would be, which is a sort of Trojan horse for the radical left. Do you think that the American public have now seen that actually he is, he's not the moderate figure, he's sort of almost held captive by the more radical elements of his party?
1: Well, I think most people would definitely say (laughs) the people that did legitimately vote for Joe Biden, I certainly don't think it was 81 million, the most in history (laughs) for that guy. (laughs) But the people that did legitimately vote for him uh, that are, you know, normal Democrats or independents, this is not what they, you know, were sold clearly. And um, they should have known because I think a lot of people did know that he was just a Trojan horse. I mean, just look at him. He's clearly not able to make the day-to-day decisions to lead our country. Other people are making these decisions. They trot him out there. He makes a mess of things. He calls for regime change in Russia. He says that the American troops in NATO are going to be uh, sent over to Ukraine. He says all these things, but he's not actually running the country. I think most people recognize that. Uh, it's all a big uh, facade, and certainly anyone who was thinking he was this good old Uncle Joe moderate, I think they have probably woken up to the fact that that was a big lie. As everything has been a giant lie about Joe Biden, he is not this, you know, nice, you know, return to normalcy figure. He's mean. He's angry. And he's followed the radical left. He's done everything that much that he knows he's doing that is so far left. I mean, just this crazy controversy over something that is the most basic, shouldn't even have to be legislation in Florida that they've branded uh, falsely the don't say gay bill when it literally just says, you can't talk about you know sex to kindergartners up to third grade. That's what the bill says. And Joe Biden has joined in this radical just movement that has everything to do with just harming our children. And he's acting like that's normal. So all of these things that he's done and all of the things he you know, signed on to during the campaign have been this far left. He said he was going to ban fracking. He said that we're going to shift away from fossil fuels. So he said all this stuff on the campaign trail. If, if you weren't paying attention, well, uh, you should be paying attention now.
0: Uh, let me push back a little bit because you've you twice mentioned the election uh, not being the correct result. I mean, I can see that it was a very unusual election and that the massive surge in mail in voting benefited Biden. And we could talk about that. But I mean, in terms of actual electoral fraud, there isn't enough clear evidence to really make that claim, is there?
1: There absolutely is. You're talking about a state of Georgia where, number one, they don't even want you to look. They won't allow you to do an audit. But even still, through public records requests, when you're looking at the ballot images, they have found thousands of duplicate votes. They have found tens of thousands of votes that violated chain of custody. They have 35,000 votes of people in the wrong county. They have so much evidence. They just uh, presented evidence of electronic manipulation that needs to be looked at. Uh, where 315,000 ballots through the machines weren't signed off on in violation of law. Every time a machine is closed, voter GA found this. You can look up their report. You can watch their press conference and no one's covering it. Uh, every time a machine is closed, they have to have the poll manager and two witnesses sign off on it. It's gone. It's missing. 315,000 votes, in-person votes. So there's so many problems with the election. This is a race to, in that state that was called by 11,779 votes. There's way more than enough fraud that we found. And that's not the only state. Arizona, they found so much. They found mail-in ballots uh, turnout of over 100% in Pima County. And this is a fraud. This is a third world country. And I've said it before, but if your elections start looking like a third world country, don't be surprised if the rest of your country starts looking that way. And that's where we are. They cheated. It was so fraudulent. And the evidence is astounding, but real journalists aren't looking. The mainstream media is part of it. They don't want to look. And the evidence is there. I mean, you're talking about Arizona's 10,457 votes. Arizona, Maricopa County has not voted Democrat since 1948. But we're supposed to believe that Joe Biden squeaked over when they took two weeks to count the last few percent of the votes. What do you think they were doing? It was obvious. They used mail-in ballots as their fallback plan to see how many votes they needed, extended the count, and kept counting until they got the result they wanted. That's what happened. And uh, I think the American people know it. You know, 32% of Democrats think there was cheating in the 2020 election. So I think people know that. And the reason we talk about it also is to not let it happen again. We want our elections to be free and fair. Wisconsin- And they just had astounding uh, press conference last week of, I mean, amazing fraud with trafficking in these drop boxes. True the Vote has done, they've worked for 15 months on this. They've used cell phone data to track, they've identified very conservatively, by the way, they metric these drop boxes and see these patterns of who has gone from these NGOs picking up ballots and dropping them off all in the dead of night from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. They estimate that 137,000 ballots in Wisconsin were trafficked illegally. That is not a way you run an election in a first world country. And clearly the American people know we have to ban drop boxes. We have to get back to in-person voting, uh, paper ballots. The American people are not confident in their election results, and that's a real problem.
0: What do you but let's say that you're right. What do you think orchestrated? who do you think orchestrated? Do you think it's the Democratic Party controlling a sort of massive conspiracy, which would be extraordinary, I think, an extraordinary achievement in a sort of evil sense to manage to pull off this level of voter fraud in so many areas? Do you think the Democrats did it, or do you think there are just lots of examples of institutions at the state level that had a bias against Donald Trump and were, help, were, were willing to go along with um, sort of gerrymandering?
1: Well, you can read Time magazine. That article kind of lays it out. It names a lot of nonprofits, uh, left-wing groups, corporations, the news media as well. I mean, yeah, it, it is, but it, it, it took a lot of people to turn the other way, look the other way. And that's what happened. You know, it was a lot of people, I think, you know, just following orders, you know, what they're supposed to do in their precinct, how they're supposed to count. They don't question it. And the orders are coming from, you know, big, like powerful people in politics, I think. And I don't know, we need a real investigation. But the the, the amazing thing that True the Vote has discovered, because they've gone in swing state after swing state and I mean this is very uh, sophisticated analysis using the cell phone location data and what they found is the same pattern in every single swing state it's about seven percent of mail-in ballots that were trafficked this way of people being paid pick up ballots drop them off in the drop boxes which were funded by Mark Zuckerberg by the way I mean what talk about election interference we spent four years talking oh there were some Russians on Facebook and it swung the election no Mark Zuckerberg spent hundreds of millions of dollars in the swing states and basically bought the election. I mean, he was setting, they were setting the rules. Their nonprofit was setting the rules of how to run uh, a public election. Private money was interfering in that. But they've looked at this and it's 7% in every single state. And it's always the same pattern of going to these NGOs. Who they are, I would like to know, but there should be a criminal investigation because it's racketeering. I mean, this is what, this is, basically buying off and selling our votes. Mm. And I think it's ironclad. You should take a look at what they've done. But why is it the same pattern in every single state? It's because it was the same plan. And I would like to know who those people are who are running that plan, but it certainly seems like it was a massive operation.
0: Okay, well, let's look then ahead to 2024. If uh, American voters are not satisfied that their elections have integrity, how do you expect to roll out the vote for uh, Donald J. Trump?
1: Well, the big thing that we have to remember is a lot of a lot of the stuff that we didn't realize was happening. We would have never known was happening if we didn't turn out to vote. I think President Trump, uh, his movement, the vote margin was so much higher than they expected that they had to resort to saying. Oh, there was a water main leak, and they had to delay the count, so we don't know how many absentee ballots there are left in Fulton County. They had to resort to all these ridiculous efforts and rigging because they had so many votes to make up. they had so many votes to make up to try to drag Joe Biden across the finish line. So what people have to remember is we have to we have to do our part you have- you can't just say, "Oh, it's rigged, I'm going to." not even try. No, you have to go out and turn out to vote because that's, I mean, that's our part. That's our responsibility. If they want to try to cheat, they can try to do that. But we have to do what is right. And what's right is doing your civic duty. And I don't think we're going to have a problem with that. I think people are energized. Look at the, you did mention some of those polls and Republicans haven't had this type of energy to vote since 2010. And we all remember what happened then. Mm. So I think people are energized. Yes, they are worried about if their vote's going to count, but that doesn't mean they're they're shirking away. We've actually seen more increase of people being engaged since 2020. I think that's a really good thing. I think people are getting involved in their local politics, their local school boards. A lot of that has, has happened since the pandemic and since 2020, and that's a great thing. And I think people are, are more energized than ever before.
0: But President Trump, when he was in the White House, warned that there was going to be voter fraud, and yet still, if, if what you say is right, uh, w- the Republicans were unable to stop it. Why, why do you think that they'll be able to stop it this time?
1: Well, I think hopefully we will learn from some of the mistakes and not being prepared. I think it was kind of, you know, you had some sort of preparedness, but I think it was kind of shocking how much fraud there was. And so there was a lot of unpreparedness. There was also a lot of complicity, quite frankly. I mean, you had lawyers that were not engaged, not wanting to fight this. They thought, well, let's just get back to business as usual. You know, President Trump is too controversial or or this or that. And let's just go back to normal. I think a lot of this was a complacency and just, oh, let's just, you know, Let's just move on from that. And the American people don't want to move on. Uh, the American people want their right rightful, they want their votes to count. And a lot of things weren't done to protect that vote. Um, so I think hopefully we will learn. There are a lot of groups that are working to expose it and also to fix it and provide solutions of what we can do. I mean, Dropbox needs to be banned. We need to uh, certainly limit mail-in ballots. I mean, it's a complete joke. We have an absentee voting system. I mean, France banned mail-in ballots in 1975 because of fraud. Everyone knows they're so susceptible to fraud. There's a lot of things that we need to do, more poll watchers. But again, we also, we were prepared in a sense, and they kicked our poll watchers out. And nobody seemed to care. I mean, the police kicked them out. We had a court order in Philadelphia saying that, Republican poll watchers were supposed to be allowed to go in as under the law, and they wouldn't, they didn't abide by the court order. So there's, there's a lot of things you can do. But if the law isn't followed, that that's lawlessness, what what do you do to confront that? And there's, there's nothing you can do when you don't have a system in place, that's going to actually protect the Constitution, and people that are going to follow it and enforce the law that was not done in 2020.
0: Do you think I mean, I could see that uh, Donald Trump is is currently beating Biden in the polls, but he is going to have to contend with this fact that most Americans and we can get into what really happened on January 6th, if you like. But most Americans were appalled by what happened on January 6th and they blame Donald Trump for inflaming the situation that still is going to linger over any potential Trump candidacy going into 2024, is it not?
1: I don't think so. I think the media runs with this narrative and it's not working. And I think more people are actually appalled by the treatment of nonviolent protesters being imprisoned for 14 months now. I mean, that's pretty appalling in the United States of America, not getting due process, not getting fair hearings, not being provided evidence. That is a huge problem. And honestly, I don't think. The vast majority of the American people are buying into the mainstream media's narrative on this. I think a lot more people know exactly why people showed up on January 6th. It was because of the election. I mean, you can't just get a million people to show up. I think it was probably a million people uh, that day by just talking and you know blowing smoke. No, we saw it with our own eyes. We know what happened. And people went to protest it. So I think there's far more people who are concerned about free and fair elections and far more people that support President Trump and what he was asking for, which was to follow the Constitution, to uh, follow the Constitution and contest an election by sending it back to the states for a review on the very credible allegations of fraud, which there were so many. And we unfortunately didn't get that opportunity. And really... It was because of what happened that day uh, that we didn't get the opportunity. Nobody wanted people to go into the Capitol and disrupt that. We wanted the hearing because that was our opportunity to show the fraud. That was our opportunity to get more time uh, to gather the evidence and go through it and complete this dispute between the competing electors, because many states had competing electors. Um, and but don't you think that's, that if, unfortunately if, if... didn't happen?
0: If Trump uh, runs in the next presidential election, if he spends a lot of his time talking about voter fraud and about the way he was robbed, he's going to sound like, a whether he's right or wrong, he's going to sound like a bitter, sour loser who's reflecting on the past. And in elections, you've got to project something in the future. Do you think it could hurt him?
1: He does talk about the future, I and mean, but you can't ignore what happened, because then it will happen again, and we'll never have a free and fair election again. So, you know, after the corrupt bargain, did Andrew Jackson stop talking about it? No, that really was what propelled him to uh, win the next time. So look, I mean, people, this is the, you know, uh, the, I guess, mainstream media bias on this issue, it, but people are, they are sorely mistaken to what the actual people want. They do want to talk about it because we've been robbed and look at what our country is suffering now and all these issues, inflation and gas prices and what happened in Afghanistan and our border. If we even have a country left by 2024, all of those issues started from the 2020 election being fraudulent. That's the problem. So we're we're idiots if we think we're going to fix it by just ignoring it and acting as if we're in normal times, we're not in normal times. And if we're going to correct, it, if we're going to fix our elections, we, we have to study what happened. So he does talk about it, but he also talks about the future and the state of the country now and what he would do to fix it. And everyone knows, everyone acknowledges if he was in the White House right now, we wouldn't have the situation we have on issue after issue. And especially with Russia and Ukraine, everyone knows it, even the left wing media is acknowledging it, uh, that it would have never happened. So people want to hear absolutely what he would, what he would do to fix it. And that, I mean, he's always been an issues based uh, candidate and then president. I mean, it hasn't been this idea of just, you know, this shallow, you know, just personality. No, it's been issues. It's been build the wall. It's been trade deals. It's been, getting their economy booming with manufacturing, bringing manufacturing home, tough on China. All these things are very issues based. So that's what he'll continue to do. He talks about the issues. He talks about common sense and what the American people, he has a very unique connection with the American people and he knows what they want to hear. So he's going to be talking about all the issues that they care about. And really, they care about election integrity. It's one of the most important issues they care about. So of course, he'll continue to talk about it.
0: Is there anything that will stop him running?
1: I mean, it's his decision to make. I think he puts a lot of things into consideration and he'll make uh, that announcement when he's ready and when he decides what to do. I mean, I guess there's a lot of different factors, but he will continue to fight for the country because he cares about it so much. I mean, that's what I think is the biggest calculus in his mind is if he can do good for the country and, and help it and fix it and make america great again again absolutely he'll 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 try to do that but i think that's what he cares about the most is if he can do good i he, i think he would jump at the chance but again it's his decision and he's going to make that announcement when he, when he chooses
0: cuz quite a lot of republicans still are uncomfortable with him i mean by republicans i mean establishment republicans i suppose but part of the party hierarchy and uh they see that they have they are going to be facing probably a weak candidate in Joe Biden in 2024. So this is a golden opportunity for them to install somebody that they like who could probably win. And, you know, people talk about, not as a candidate necessarily, although people have talked about him as a candidate, but people talk about Glenn Youngkin and the Virginia gubernatorial race and how that showed a kind of uh, hybrid Trump-Republican candidacy that can work. Do you think the Republican Party will make a concerted effort to stop Donald Trump and install somebody else over him?
1: I mean, they would be, they need to learn from history as well. I mean, it didn't work in 2016. I I mean, I'm sure they probably, I'm sure some people will, but honestly, it's it's the uniparty. It's what people hate about politics and what President Trump really exposed is, actually, there wasn't that much difference between a lot of these Democrats and a lot of Republicans. It's permanent Washington. It is an ever-growing, you know, bureaucracy and these politicians think that they run it and they just enrich themselves and they like the status quo because it's working for them, but it's not working for the country. So I'm sure there will be, but look the people, I, I think we know who the people support. I think there's a reason why he has record setting approval within the Republican party, because he's the one that actually you know, governed the most to our values and got things done and accomplished and better for the country and its proven results. I do find it a little bit funny of all these, I don't know who these people think is going to somehow get more votes than the most popular incumbent president in American history. He got 12 million more votes, conservative estimate, than in 2016. That's unheard of. That doesn't happen. And that's another reason why the math does not add up. He also won 18 out of 19 bellwether counties. He won all the bellwether states. And then somehow, magically, just these select swing states, he loses just by, you know, 10,000 votes. It's ridiculous. But who are are these people that think that you're going, this is the ceiling. He is the most popular Republican in history, vote-wise. This is, I mean, If anyone's going to get more votes than him, it's going to be him Mm. again. Uh, It's not these other people. So I don't know. It's not changing and moderating and, oh, let's not talk about the border and immigration and let's not talk about these issues that we can't. No, those issues are what made him the most popular president in history.
0: But historically, you have to win over independence. And Trump, I think even you will concede, Trump has never been a great hit with independence.
1: I think he did win uh, a lot of independents. And he also uh, won a lot of disaffected Democrats. A lot of people switched parties. That was one of the biggest metrics when you looked at rally data from 2020. I mean, you were consistently getting like 20%, 25% of registered Democrats mm. at Trump rallies. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, it was a realignment. And that's, it was a realignment of
0: that's uh, the America
1: true. First agenda. That's and certainly so,
0: true, but there does seem to have been, and you can say it was all rigged, but I think there does seem to have been a flip back to Biden among those voters. You know, they they call them the the, the double negatives or Obama-Trump-Biden voters. Uh, and there does seem to be a few of those that were just, they weren't, you know, they, they didn't feel that America had been made great again, even if the economy was thriving and they went back to Biden.
1: I mean, I think it's probably marginal, just like the never Trump vote. It's very marginal. I mean... <sighs> when he he had uncontested primary in 2020 and he was getting record turnout for, again, so he didn't have an opponent. So there was literally no reason to go out to vote in the primary, in the Republican primary. And he was consistently getting uh, like over 90% of the vote and big turnouts, which is another key metric to show you're going to win the election when that happens. And usually incumbents lose if they have a primary challenger or they're only getting, you know, 75% of the vote in the primary. No, that didn't happen. He was a very pop. See, the thing that the media uh, like to create this idea that he's an unpopular president, he was not an unpopular president. Everything else is so far left wing. Why would you not think the polls are far left wing? And they put this impression out that he's unpopular. And really, it's just the beltway. It's this vitriol
0: do you, that, you think? Do you, that I mean, do so you think
1: hate, has this hatred of him? But it's not the way the American people feel.
0: Job approval ratings were never were never great consistently for him, were they? I mean, he never got really above fifty percent. Again, probably, so
1: it's this drumbeat, this idea, this negativity when they try to make people think that oh, he's not popular. I don't want to tell somebody that he's popular that I like to support him. It's the same thing they did in different color revolutions. If you look over. In in Europe, they pretend that the popular president's unpopular, they gin up protests in the streets. That's another thing that is so, they said it in Time Magazine, but if you look at the results of the ballot traffickers that were just turned out, 14 of them also were participating in the violent riots in 2020. So, I mean, look, this is, they use these different tactics and, you know, it looks like for now it had worked, but uh, it's not the way the country is. It's not the way the country feels. They just want uh, the American dream. They want a good economy. They want their kids being you know taught math and reading and science in schools. They don't want to be indoctrinated to this gender identity or this uh, far left indoctrination. They just want you know normal American life. and that's what they got under President Trump in their day-to-day life. Uh, and that's what they, I think won again.
0: So you would say there was a, a color revolution uh, orchestrated in America in 2020?
1: Well, I, th- I think the tactics are very similar if you want to analyze them. But I think it was, I mean, as President Trump says often, the real coup attempt was on oh, November 3rd. It wasn't January 6th. Uh, that's what happened. And that's what we believe. That's what a lot of American people believe. And I think it's evident in the facts. I think if you look at the evidence And you go back and watch what happened. And they really telegraphed a lot of what they were going to do. They said, oh, it's just gonna be a red mirage on election night, wait for the mail-ins. And we know there were so many phantom votes. We know there were so many trafficked ballots in that election and they dragged out the count. I mean, it's not rocket science. If you know what your deficit is on election night, President Trump was winning in a landslide You know how many votes you need to make up, and that's what they did. They dragged it out for days and days and days, and that's what happened. I mean, it's amazing because if you actually look at, you know, Russia's last election, the same tactics, the same thing that our State Department is saying, stuffing the ballot box and biased media and all this stuff. Yeah, that's exactly what they did here. So, yeah, it's pretty similar, and it's unfortunate, and again, you're getting these same results. What do you get in third world countries? What do you get with communist countries? You get rising inflation, you get gas lines, you get all of this. And that's what we're getting. So maybe it's the same tactics. Maybe it's the same thing that's happening, unfortunately, to the greatest country on earth.
0: Liz, on that rather sad note, I think we'll end it there. But thank you very much for coming on to Americano.
1: Thanks so much, Freddie.
0: thank you very much for listening to that episode of americano if you enjoyed it please subscribe and if you really enjoyed it please leave us a star rating preferably five stars and a review